Hello team, welcome to the second training in Hamilton Fit program. It's a live training and today we're talking about systemizing high performance. Bear with me one moment and we'll get started. Okay, um, so you might be asking yourself, what does systemizing high performance mean? Um, what's that got to do with my fitness results? Where I want to go, where I'm at right now? Um, how is this relevant to me? So I want to share with you this quote that um, adds it up perfectly fine. We do not rise to the level of our goals. We rise to the level of our systems. If we have systems that allow us to perform better in our training and in our life, this will allow for us to achieve the goals that we want. Most of the time, I see a lot of people have never built a strategy behind their goals, which always leaves them short of their goals. So we can always have goals, but we need to have systems to support them. Here's the problem. You've either got no systems in place at the moment for your day-to-day -day life, or you've got ineffective systems. When you have no systems, it leaves you reactive on a day-to-day -day basis. The day controls you, you don't control the day. Secondly, you rely on motivation. You need motivation to do your tasks and then you end up inconsistent. And then the third thing is, it's messy. You miss the mark on tasks, meals, sessions. Once again, inconsistent and the standard doesn't stay up to par. Or you have ineffective systems. Let me just move my face from there. Um, when you have ineffective systems, one area of your life you're doing well, but then other parts you start to digress. So there's certain phases where your health and fitness is thriving, but then another point, your career and your relationships are thriving. But what we want is for them all to thrive at the same time. And if you've got ineffective systems, all you're going to be doing is focusing on one area at a time and everything else falls over. The second byproduct of ineffective systems is a lack of consistency. You try to do too much and you just can't sustain it, which means flaky results. And then number three, systems don't factor in for slack. No rest. Life situations aren't factored in. It's basically not realistic. Systems basically support you. It gives you a bulletproof plan towards your goals. So here's what we want. This is the desired outcome that we're looking for and that we're going to get into today because it's not all negative. We've addressed the, the downfalls of having no systems or ineffective ones. When you have effective system, it's going to build a high performance and high performance equals high results, better results. Number one, systems that are easy to implement, easy to take action on, um, they compound over time, your results pay off productivity-wise, energy-wise, training performance it improves over time. The second thing is systems that don't take too much time. We can fit them in and around our day-to-day -day activities. It complements our life, doesn't complicate it. The third thing is systems that give you more freedom. More structure equals more freedom. I've always been a believer that 
freedom and creativity, didn't have any structure or systems. And that left me upset for a long time because I'm a creative person at heart. I was an actor before being a PT. So I resisted this. But I've learned when you have the right systems in place, they give you more freedom. You'll get hours back into your weeks with just small adjustments and leveraging your time if you do it correctly. Number four, systems that actually give you more energy back. That reduce your decision fatigue. Decision fatigue is I'm making so many decisions on a day-to-day basis. Certain decisions just get left, procrastinated on, or I make poor decisions because I'm fatigued from all of the decisions I've been making. So I want to get your energy back. And then the last benefit of effective systems is it gives you the quality of the life that you deserve and that you want, that you're here for, making it easier to get a better body, your days flow effortlessly, spending more time with loved ones and achieving more in your life. That's what we want, don't we? The question is, would that be useful to you? Okay. Now we're gonna go into the importance of structure. If you don't control your time, someone else will or something else will. That's the fact. If you leave it up to chance, something, some external source will take control of it. And unfortunately, unfortunately, not every other external force, external person has the same goal as you, incentive as you, that have their own agenda. So it's important to control your days, your weeks, gain structure into your life. Here's how we do this. You can either use a worksheet that I'll send you um, at the end of this. I'm going to share it into the group. I'm going to send it to everyone that's watching. Or you can use a calendar app on your phone, whichever works best for you. So the things that we want to put in to our structure and our planner is working hours, training hours, spending time with loved ones, time to chill out for yourself. Life admin, things like um, dealing with messages, emails, food shop, hairdressers, mechanic appointments, life events, birthdays, all that kind of stuff. Now I want you to have a look at your schedule if you filled that in. And I want you to ask yourself, what does this say about you? The things that are prioritised, the things that I've written down. What does that say about you? And if you're watching the recording, pause it here, take a moment before I continue to just ask yourself, what does it say about you? Because this quote should really hit. Show me your schedule and I'll tell you your goals by Brendan Bruchart, if I say his name correctly. It's really important that you schedule in your needs as well. This has been a lesson for me this year. Scheduling in fun time, downtime, days off, holidays. I've noticed that to the extent that I schedule in things that I enjoy and that I want to do, because sometimes we don't give ourselves enough permission to do that, that affects how much I will do the things that I have to do. Workouts, admin, all those kinds of things. Because if we go um, half-hearted in both camps, we don't actually get either done. We don't ever get the downtime and the fun and recovery And we don't actually effectively work as well. So we've got to go at both extremes, work hard, play hard kind of thing. Okay, 
we're going to go into the first principle. We're going to get into what the systems are, how to implement them. Key principle number one is high quality food. This is very important. Your food is your fuel. High quality food equals high quality results. Not only just in your body, but in your energy, your productivity levels, and how we feel. This is an investment. So when we put this into place, we need to think about food shop. Who's doing the food shop? When is it happening? What day of the week? How often does it need to be done? Does there need to be a smaller shop in the middle of the week, big shop at the weekend? And then how can you get it delivered if you need to get it delivered? If there's a problem so far, time, um, location, things like that, how can we overcome that? Do we need to get it delivered? Do we need to bring it down to one shop and get more stuff? The second thing I want you to think about is your shopping list. What is it that you need to buy? How much of it do you need to buy? Having this organized will reduce decision fatigue again and ensure that you're having high quality foods consistently. This is very similar to MyFitnessPal. Many of you use it. The more you use MyFitnessPal, the easier it becomes. Similar to a shopping list, your goals in this capacity, writing down the foods that you need, writing down when you shop and these kinds of things only might seem laborious the first time but then you've got a framework, then it becomes easy to repeat and adjust however you need. We want to be proactive with the food choices so that we can get the best quality results. So now that you've got your food shop sorted and the quality foods in place, we need to work out a few aspects that actually make it happen. I want you to start to think about planning. Are you going to cook or is it going to be someone else in the household? Is that in your control or someone else's? Does there need to be a conversation to be had? When will the food be cooked? What days, times? Will it be prepared ahead of time? What do other people in the household need? Are they having the same food as you? Does that mean you have to cook something different? Will you invest in a meal prep company? If you can't cook, what are the options to you that you can order? Are there any options that will go into the cupboards or the freezer? All of this kind of stuff needs to be considered because that's what systems do. They keep you in place when time's short, energy's short, willpower's short. So if we can think ahead of time, we're going to be way more bulletproof. And then we have cooking, which kind of goes in with some of the questions I've just asked there. Key principle number two, great quality sleep, big part of weight loss, performing better, getting stronger, getting more results but it's probably the, one of the most overlooked things um, in the fitness industry by anyone that I work with. It's not easy, but we're going to delve into how to make it better. Sleep is crucial for our performance in training, work, and all over energy. If you're underslept, it's inevitable that you'll be taking longer to recover from workouts, get poorer results from your training, you'll be craving more sugar, wanting to reach out for caffeine for more energy, struggling to digest food effectively, forgetting things and not being able to recall information, mentally slow, low on energy, the list goes on. But it's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> to ensure we're having great quality sleep, we're going to need to build your own sleep system. This is personal. There's certain things that are 
human, whether it's say seven to nine hours and all of that kind of stuff, but there's some things that are personal that work for you. Do you currently have a system in place, a sleep system? What is it? What time do you go to bed? What time do you wake up? How do you ensure you get a quality night's sleep? Do you have the answer to any of those? And if you do, great. And if you don't, start to think, what could I be doing? Number two, what time will you go to bed and what time will you wake up at? Weekends and weekdays. You don't want too much of a big difference between weekends and weekdays in terms of the times you wake up and go to bed. But at the same time, you want to be realistic. You're going to be more social. You're going to go on nights out, things like that. But if we can set a goal, it's going to give us way more consistency. And the beginning of the week isn't going to be so difficult to get back on track. Will you do anything to unwind before you go to bed? This is probably one of the most important things down to sleep quality. Sleep quality is overlooked more than quantity. Quantity, yes, it is important, but quality, you could always, you could always argue, is more important than the quantity. Um, things that I suggest, turning the lights off, being off your phone the last hour before bed, go for a walk in the evening, journal, Get rid of your thoughts, address your thoughts so they're not on your mind so much. Read, all of that kind of stuff. Things that help you relax before you go to bed. When will you stop drinking caffeine? What will be your curfew time? I'm not saying stop drinking caffeine. I'm saying what time of the day are you going to stop? Caffeine stays in your bloodstream for up to eight hours and that can affect the quality of your sleep. And this goes on in a cycle. If we are tired the next day, we're going to want more caffeine, maybe in the late afternoon, and that's going to affect the next night's sleep. So the problem and the solution are interlinked. Is there anything you could do to have a better sleeping environment? Blacking out your blinds, a cool room, new bedding, no electronics in the bedroom, if we make this a habit, if we make this a rule personally, if you get a proper alarm clock rather than your phone, things like this, over a few days, it will become normal, natural, and you really reap the benefits. And you'll feel way more control of your sleep. Key principle number three, we're talking about hydration now. Being adequately hydrated is crucial for health performance. And often people refuse to um, confuse, sorry, Hunger with hydration. This does help with your results massively. A guideline I like to go for, everyone should be above two liters plus per day. If it's on a workout day, I'd encourage three plus liters. And then there's certain individuals that are bigger, taller, um, more active, should be looking at four liters. Two litres minimum, workout days, three litres, and then any more than that, that's down to you. I'd recommend you upping your water intake into some simple ways of doing it. Drinking 500 millilitres to a litre, the first thing when you get up in the morning, 
hydrate over caffeinate or hydrate before you caffeinate, have a glass of water while the kettle's boiling and you're waiting for your coffee. That's a good habit to get into. Have a large glass of water or a bottle next to you at work. Every meal, aim to have a glass of water with you. Once again, hunger can be confused with hydration, dehydration, so that will help massively. When you go to a workout, bring a large bottle with you, keep sipping during, before, after the workout, and then keep a bottle with you on the go, whether it's in your kit bag or wherever it is. Okay, we're going into key principle number four. We're flying through it. Win the morning, win the day. Another thing that has really changed my life, having a morning routine, I don't think it's something that you can copy and paste from somewhere. I think you can take elements because it's got to be something that you like, something that gets you in a good mood for the day. Someone asked me the other day, they said, you always got good energy. You're always high energy. And I said, I'm not always, but I am in a lot of better place with energy consistently. And I do put a large amount of it down to my morning routine. It's like I prime myself for the day. It's like I have a routine that triggers me into a certain level of energy. I do have negative states. I do have down days. But I believe you can act your way into a new way of thinking, but you can't think your way into a new way of acting. So I have a compulsory routine that I go through every morning. The things that you can consider to do this, going for a short walk in the morning. That might not be right for everyone because it might take up too much time or you might not like it, but it's just an option. You could spend five to 15 minutes journaling, planning the day, asking yourself some questions about what you want from the day, how you're feeling, getting some thoughts off your chest or your mind. <laughs> Having breakfast with the kids, if that sets you in a positive state for the day, if that brings you into the present moment, do that. Breath work, meditation work. Feel free to message me and ask me any good apps that you know. Um, I use a breath work app. Um, use it for like five minutes sometimes. Brings me into the present moment, chills me out, gives me a better perspective for the day. Meditation has similar benefits movement stretch routine this is my go-to of every morning when I wake up in the morning I force myself to go downstairs get on the mat and I've got a, a 10 minute routine the exact same thing every day it's not about being fun and different it's so straightforward I know it like the back of my hand and it's just about bringing me into the present moment getting rid of the tension in my body because by default I'm not a morning person but after I've done that stretch routine, I feel way more positive about the day. Before we go to the next one, there's a few other suggestions that you could go for, which is playing your music on the way to work that gets you in a good state. We've also got engaging your mind in podcasts that keep you focused for the day, focused on your goals, putting a small post-it note beside your bed about you what you want to do the next day and noting down things that you're grateful for in the morning 10 things what am I grateful for they don't just have to be physical they don't just have to be people these can be experiences yourself what you're learning all these kinds of things I think if you have an attitude of gratitude 
life is a lot better. And all it is is a repetition thing, just like the opposite is a repetition of thing. If you see all the bad in the good, you can easily see all the good in the bad. But the goal here is not to overwhelm. These are just some different ideas. Anything that's stood out to you, anything that you thought, oh, I might give that a go, start with that. This is about implementation rather than information, but at the same time, one thing at a time. Key principle number five, where attention goes, energy flows. In the world that we now live in, it's important that we set boundaries around where our attention goes. It's going everywhere. Everyone wants it, work, family, social media, TV, the news, everywhere. Screen time is prolific. <laughs> so what we need to build is our own personal boundaries around screen time and our attention. Number one, what do you use social media for if you do? Let's first get intentional over the value that it adds to your life. And what doesn't it add? What are the benefits and what is actually taking you away from what you want in your life? That's a really good question to stop, pause and ask yourself. Number two, when do you want to allow yourself screen time? Is there going to be pockets of time in your day, in the week, that you'll allow yourself on social media, gaming or watching TV? When is that time for that? Number three, when do you not allow yourself time around screens? When isn't the best time to be doing it? This is what we're setting boundaries around it is. And once again, this is building freedom. This isn't limitation. This isn't inhibiting your freedom. It's actually going to create freedom because you're going to perform better at work. And that's going to make your time at work more condensed. And then when you are away from work and you are relaxing, you're fully present because the boundaries are there. This is my downtime. So are there any points in the day where you want to be disengaged for your phone or you don't want to be on any specific apps? Number four, what is your current screen time routine? And if you don't have one, what could it be for you? And then this goes into number five, what systems will you now put in place to prevent this happening? This might look like aeroplane mode, no electronics in the bedroom, turning your phone off during work, no social media for a certain time period, delete. X app, and so on. And this links in with what we mentioned before about what are the intentional, um, sorry, what are the benefits of you using this social media platform and what are the downfalls and when can we maximize the benefits and then minimize the downfalls. Okay, so now we're going to put it all together. We're making it all stick, everything that we spoke through. Keep the systems light that you're going to implement. Start small, and then I encourage you to scaffold on top in future. We're not about going zero to 100 in this program. We realize that that's what stops people from keeping the results that they get. Start small. One habit, one thing per principle. And if you're still overwhelmed by that, start with one 
habit within a principle and then the next week add something else what's the biggest priority for you right now number two manage your expectations you may slip up once but don't let it happen twice learn from the first time and then don't let it happen again if it happens again it's usually a byproduct of you just beating yourself up after the first time when we beat ourselves up we don't extract any lessons from it so learn from the first time and then don't allow it to happen again by reflecting on why did that happen, what needs to change going forward, and then let's keep it moving. Number three, set time every week to gain structure by planning your day, planning your week, your food shops, and times that you're going to train. I like to do this on a Sunday. I want to start doing this on a Saturday evening, or at some point actually on a Saturday, because then I enjoy my Sunday even more. What am I going to eat next week? What days would I like to train? What would we like to do by, um, on this day? What do I want the outcome to be of next week? And then I get to relax on the Sunday. And then when Monday comes, I've got an idea of what needs to happen. I've got a framework. I don't feel anxious. If I don't do this, I do feel anxious. Then we're going to um, think about refining the systems. Chances are there will be times where you need to tweak the systems that you've created because of life changes. And we're learning about yourself in the process. It's important that you tweak so it feels right and gets you the results that you want. Number five, do your best to not let anyone stop you from following through on your own systems. You will get distracted by others, work, situations, life events, what others are eating. This will derail you. These systems, we want to stick to the best of our ability. They're here to support you. And like we know, if we've got no systems to support us, it's inevitable that we won't get to our goals. And I want you to remember, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So test the, the be, be, your own, be your own scientists with these systems. Don't be too expectant of them. Don't put too much pressure on yourself about them. Test them out and be curious about how does this make me feel? How does this morning routine work for me? How does planning that week ahead make me feel going into the week? I've missed some of these slides, apologies, but I think you've got the point. And to ensure success, I want you to put a picture of your structured week into the group if you want this for extra accountability. And if you don't want to do that, send it to me. Number two, share your ideal day of eating into the group. This will give everyone inspiration. We will be doing challenges in the future based around food again, and it really did work well. So if you want to do that, go for it. And then number three, let me know if you're struggling to follow through on your newly implemented systems, and I'll help you adjust going forward. Q&A, ask me anything. So feel free. After you've watched this, if you watch the recording, what did you take away from this today? What are you going to be implementing? Thank you for watching.